welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And look, we are broadcasting live from the Boss Hawk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Captain Brett Bartlett from Lando Lakes, Florida. And uh, we have Sergeant Joe, a.k.a. Hollywood Joe, Joe Rollerson. From, what are you shaking your head for, Joe? Anyhow, from uh, from somewhere I can't even pronounce, up in northern Florida. So thanks, Joe, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Um, hey, a shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, speaking of Bang, yes, I've got the peach mango going today. So, yeah, Brett's got one within arm's reach, and yes, got a fancy can, fancier than mine. So, yes, Brett has got I don't know what that is, Brett, but it looks good. It looks good from here, so... Yeah, Brett will start getting wired during the show. That'll explain it. Hey, uh, also a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press for carrying their content. And Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. YouTube is not one of those. But out of the eight locations, three belong to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages have about a one million followers. So, yeah, so thanks for letting us borrow that audience, Ray. And thanks to Red Voice Media. Guys, a great lineup uh, uh, for you as well. I know we've got some great, interesting stories. A quick update on the YouTube situation. Uh, look, if you guys want to watch our show, look, the best way to watch it for the video portion would be rumble.com. Find the uh, Leo Roundtable channel at Rumble. We're on a lot of social media platforms. Uh, YouTube, uh, we were we were being targeted by YouTube, just like a lot of other shows have. Bongino went through it, and other guys have as well. So we, uh, I was forced to delete uh, the videos on the channel before they did it for me. So if you get three strikes within 90 days on YouTube, they'll delete your channel, all the content, boom, gone. So yeah, we got two strikes within one week and it was obvious. And they, these were just, these were non-bonafide violations. Uh, one was uh, a child safety violation. It was ridiculous. You couldn't even, there was a gun went off and a, a, you know, that was not even in view of the camera. You just heard a gunshot and they said it was a child safety thing, even though we don't, you know, market our channel towards children. So and then the other one was medical misinformation because they said that what we were talk, saying about COVID and the vaccine didn't jive with what the CDC and the World Health Organization said. It was just a matter of time. So I backed up our channel through two sources. One was YouTube and another one uh, was through a, a buddy of mine, Chris Bate, hooked me up with Authority. And Authority will back up your entire YouTube channel. And I, I did that. I made, I said, Hey, look guys, uh, there are only a thousand videos and we had, you know, close to the 2000 videos. I said only a thousand back to sell. You need to get the, the heavier, uh, price plan. So I paid the extra money, didn't back up the rest of the channel. So I got with them and authority said, okay, we're going to back it up manually. So they backed up the whole channel manually, manually. They said, everything's backed up. I looked, I verified it. Everything was backed up. So I deleted every video that we have on YouTube, right? So we still have over 10,000 subscribers, we can use that to promote our other our content on other platforms like a Rumble, right? So everything sounds like it worked out great. And uh, and I have uh, had a backup and then another backup, right? So I've got redundancy just to make sure that nothing bad happens. So I noticed all of a sudden our website at leoroundtable.com, a lot of the video links were broken. And I was trying to reattach those to the authority website because you can link those. Well, guess what? I couldn't get any videos to play. So I get with authority. It takes me about a week to get an answer from them. They say, hey, something happened when we backed everything up from YouTube and YouTube made a change and none of the backups went through. So we actually don't have all those videos you deleted from YouTube. They're telling me now that they don't have those. That's something, huh? Yeah. Brett, Brett's jaw opens up. Oh, the story gets better. So if people have any doubt that YouTube is canceling conservative and law enforcement platforms, you should not after I get done talking. So of course, I want to get these uh, videos 
So I contact, I, I go online, do some research. I have a buddy of mine, Chris Fate, that's real versed, and he's, he's friends with a lot of people that are, are content providers on YouTube. So I get with the YouTube uh, going off of advice from several sources because I know that there's a way they can restore channels. You know, you have an employee that deletes all the stuff on your channel for your business. They have a way, a mechanism to, to restore it. And it's only been about a week since the stuff was deleted. So I'm talking with somebody last night from YouTube, and it's a chat for uh, YouTube content creators, which we are one. So the guy tells me, uh, what's your channel name? Uh, when were they deleted? Everything is looking good. And he, and he says that we're talking about restoring the channel and all these like 2,000 plus videos. So he's looking at me, he goes, let me check your account. And he comes back to me a few minutes later. Yeah, Brett, you, you see it coming. He says, I just checked in your account, and we are not going to be able to help you. And I asked him, I said, well, can I ask you why? And he said, I'm forbidden by YouTube guidelines to reveal to you why we cannot help you and restore any of your videos. And, of course, I got with my buddy Chris, and uh, who tells me that's BS, that he knows people that very recently have got their whole channels restored. And anyhow, so it, look, it's just there. Are, I still have a, a, a couple things in play to get access to the, uh, to the former videos, um, you know, that were on there, but that's what, that's the stuff that we're running across with YouTube. In my, in my opinion, they hate conservative, they hate law enforcement and, and this is what they're, this is what they're doing. So isn't that crazy? See, everything was fine until they checked my channel and I guess I saw the, you know, what they were, that they were trying to cancel us. Captain Brett. Just because the Chinese made COVID and released it in the country as a weapon. That's why. They canceled us. Oh, I can't believe that. And the CDC was, and Fauci was in all, that's why they canceled us. And then they made every get it, everybody get a shot that didn't really work. And that's why they canceled us. And because yeah. we're good people and we're law, that's why that, I can't believe all of that. Yeah. So, so anybody listening to this that has any loyalty to the, to YouTube, look, I hate to even watch anything on YouTube now. I'll tell you, it, it, kill, it makes me sick. It makes me almost nauseous because I, I hate that platform so much. Now, but look, yeah, we still have a, a, a presence on YouTube with no videos and in August, that 90 day period will reset. And, uh, and I don't know, we may have a little presence on there. Maybe I do a video saying, Hey, go watch us at rumble.com. But, uh, but I'll tell you, it's just, they are, it's such a bad platform. And by me keeping the name up there, Leo Roundtable, it's the, as Dan Bongino would say, we're pretty much giving them the proverbial middle finger. Yeah, you guys tried to cancel us with our channel. Now we've got the channel up. We're promoting other platforms and there's nothing you can do about it. I say that. I mean, obviously there is. They don't have to follow the rules. They can just delete us. But, uh, but I've got some, I got an idea to do something else too. I'll tell you guys off camera um, that I'm, that I'm working on as well. But that's, that's where we're at. So guys, um, if you're part of YouTube, just like what happened with Facebook a while back, second guess that loyalty and please, please, please join us at rumble.com much better platform. And they definitely respect your right to free speech. They're not going to cancel us. Even if they don't like what you say, they're not going to, it's not going to happen. So on that note, that's the latest and the greatest guys. Thanks for letting me, uh, kind of update everybody on that. Let's move to our first main topic. It's on policeone.com. California police are not immune from civil lawsuits for misconduct during investigations. A, uh, a a strange article because you know you know we're talking about it's not exactly qualified immunity you know qualified immunity um, you know on a on a I guess on a federal platform is a little bit different but listen to how they do things out in California it's pretty whack so this is Sacramento so police in California are not immune from civil lawsuits for misconduct that happens while they investigate crimes according to the California Supreme Court they ruled earlier this week on this they overruled a precedent that was made by lower courts so remember. 
We're only talking about California. It's not the Supreme Court of the United States. It's the California Supreme Court. The justices, justices on Thursday unanimously, unanimously now, they rejected an argument by the Riverside County Sheriff's Department that its sheriff's deputies could not be sued for leaving a man's naked body lying in plain sight for eight hours while the officers investigated his killing. Now, the Supreme Court, and I, I got the information from a couple of sources. So the Supreme Court reversed, holding that the Court of Appeals erred in upholding the application. It's Section 321.6 to confer absolute immunity on the county for negligent infliction of emotional distress arising out of alleged mishandling of the plaintiff's husband's body because of claims uh, that did not concern harms of the institution. So look, the short, the, the, the short of this is, is that it's saying that they pretty much were giving absolute immunity, not qualified immunity, which you have to qualify for, but absolute immunity to the deputies that were involved in this. And they view it differently, whether you're doing something during the prosecution phase of a case or during the investigation phase of the uh, of the case, which is what most law enforcement agencies you know, do. It says California law protects police from being sued uh, for any harm that happens during a prosecution process. You know, we're in the prosecution phase right after the investigation, even if the officer acted maliciously and without probable cause. Now it says the Supreme Court, and of course, they mean the California Supreme Court says police can be sued for misconduct during investigations. Again, I'm saying investigations, not prosecution. The ruling cites previous case law that define investigatory actions as those charges uh, or, or those before charges are actually filed. So anything that happens before the charges are actually filed. Um, any commentary on this, guys? I know we're talking about California, Brett, but what do you think? Well, first off, it doesn't say what what the lawsuit is about. It doesn't say anything. And, and why was this guy left on the ground for eight hours without a sheet or a, or, or a, a screen? I don't understand that. So is the misconduct, are they suing the officers for misconduct because they broke a department rule? Because what other misconduct can there be? You have criminal misconduct and then you have procedural, you know, by SOP misconduct. It doesn't say a whole lot about it. I, I, I wouldn't have left the guy naked on the ground for eight hours. I think that's just, that's just, uh, um, it's just not ethical to start with, but Joe, go ahead. Yeah, I, when I read the article, I agree with you, Brett. There wasn't a lot to the article, but I, it leaves a lot for interpretation there. Um, I, I understand they were trying to save the guy's life. I think they were pulling him out from a shooting or something. And as they, they were trying to save him, his, his pants slid down and uh, his, his genital areas were exposed for some time while they were doing other investigations. But yeah, to leave the guy there for eight hours uncovered. Yeah, I could see uh, the family probably getting a little upset about it. And, you know, you can sue. You can sue for anything in this country. I mean, I, you, I could sue you, Brett, for looking at me. But uh, uh, I, I think what's going to happen here, this will end up in the probably in a higher court. Um, and they'll keep appealing this till this goes maybe even to the Supreme Court. But, yeah, cops, you have to kind of be aware of what you're doing when you're on the job, uh, you know, just the uh, just the presence of how you're presenting yourself and how you're protecting a scene needs to be uh, done properly and and with dignity, especially when you're talking about, you know, people that are dead. Uh, I agree with you, Brett. There was no reason to leave the guy laying there for eight hours. Well, I, but again, I, and there's a difference between about. the. Between the agency getting sued or the individual cops being sued, right. I suspect if it goes up the chain, the agency could get sued. Individual cops cannot, hopefully. Look, commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So moving along, if we've, exa exa I guess, exhausted the last topic, 
Uh, Policetribune.com, deputy ends a gunman's attack by hitting him with a patrol car. I wish David was on the show. I mean, David's always talking about using your car. But, Brett, you are, too, that 3,000-pound, you know, it's not the fur missile, it's the metal, uh, you know, missile. But so the deputy ends this attack. So so our Muncie, Indiana, violent attack on Delaware County Sheriff's deputies was brought to an abrupt end on Friday night when a sergeant, it's a sergeant, lo and behold, he slams into the gunman with his uh, patrol vehicle. Guy's probably named, got a cool name like Gene Strickland or something. So the incident begins at approximately 7.45 p.m. June 23rd. Deputies with the Delaware County Sheriff's Office are searching for a 19-year-old named Teron Conwell, according to the WISH. So in addition to having active warrants out of Madison County, Conwell, our bad guy, is also wanted for questioning in connection with an unrelated case. So the Indiana State Police, uh, they said the deputies were looking for the suspect, and they spot this guy. He's leaving a residence, and they move him to arrest him, according to the WTHR. So our bad guy takes off running, and then he pulls out a 9 millimeter handgun, and he starts firing at the cops. So Deputy Carter Smithson, who's um, outside of his vehicle on foot at that time, he returns fire. And then Sergeant Tim Mitchell, he sees a suspect shooting at his fellow deputy, and he, quote, utilized his department-issued police vehicle to stop the deadly and aggressive actions of Conwell and to protect the other officer on foot, unquote. Boy, that was a rehearsed statement, but I, it's beautiful. Investigators said that Sergeant Mitchell's patrol vehicle was also hit by Conwell's gunfire uh, during the incident, probably as he's mowing him down. Uh, they later released photos showing bullet holes in the hood of the car and the driver's side rearview mirror of the patrol unit as well. Sergeant Mitchell and Deputy Smithson, they both escaped the incident without injuries, according to the WTHR. Conwell, our bad guy, was injured as a result of being hit by the car, but he was still listed in stable condition on Friday night, so he survived it. So... There are questions about the effectiveness of the use of force for the police vehicle because, you know, mowing, mowing down a 3,000-pound vehicle, I mean, cops, it looks like the accuracy rate's about that of it is with, uh, with firearms and bullets. Brett, I don't know. How, what do you think? Well, you used to ask me a long time ago, Brett, why do you carry a pistol? And I say, well, the Crown Victoria won't fit in my holster. Uh, but I've seen some great videos, and you guys have too, about bad guys being run smack over with a car. And, you know, like here in Florida, the Florida law, 776.012, subparagraph 2, it doesn't say what deadly force is, what the weapon is, just deadly force is force is likely to cause death of great bodily harm, as long as, you, as long as it's reasonable, necessary, and imminent. Run him over. doesn't matter. Run him over. And then back over, and then run him over again. It's like firing two <laughs> shots, right? Back him, you know. Oh back my over. gosh! But that—that that was my theory. Why didn't he back over him? I mean, <laughs> you got to neutralize. I mean, you run over him, he's probably—he's going to get up and still shoot you. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the car, any any type of weapon you can use, or any type of object you can use to neutralize a situation. What does it matter? It doesn't matter if it's a car or what it is. <laughs> hey, remember Jimmy Hutchins? He he he. He like running over people and backing over them. <laughs> I, I think I think Daryl Legner did too. But that's well, that was, yeah. uh, I think he didn't he accidentally run over a bum in an alley off of Kennedy, heard a bump and then backed up and there was a yeah. it was a bum asleep in the alley. That he was, was still he was rolled he, he was rolled up in a piece of carpet. He was patrolling yeah. around and he was working for me at the time and yeah. rolled over the guy, he heard the bump. He didn't know and he backed up to see what it was. No, who the guy who, who who did that? Um Hutchins. Hutchinson, Phil Hutchinson, because he went to work for Plant City, didn't he, when he left Tampa? Yeah, yeah, he went yeah. over to Plant City. Well, I yeah, got to tell you, Chip, when I sleep in an alley, I always roll up in a piece of carpet. I think that's pretty standard. Yeah, That could have been you, Brett. Could have been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. 
Wow. Uh, anything else, guys? And if not, we'll move on. All right. So let's see. What do we got coming down here? So our next story, and we've got a video component. This so look, it's hard to cover a good news story today without there being a video component. So for radio and podcast li- listeners, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So we're at rumble.com. Yes, it's our favorite site for videos. Yes. And the channel is our favorite law enforcement video channel called This is butter if you haven't been there you need to start going there on a daily basis to check out the latest video so body cam clip it shows a man suffocating a police officer and while he's doing it he's asking him quote do you want to die unquote yeah it's a uh it's a tough video and it's look it's in the uk did not happen in the u.s and when they take the guy well i i don't want to tell you the outcome yet let's just bear with me let me tell you what goes on so a man who admitted to trying to suffocate a police officer responding to a report of a potential gun sighting has been jailed now max halem 58 years old he's our bad guy he was jailed for two and a half years after he turned violent and began attacking and threatening sergeant dave caton of the uh North Hampshire police in the UK on June the 28th last year. So our, uh, Helms punch it, knocks Sergeant Caton to the floor. He climbs on top of the Sergeant's chest and he restricts his breathing while asking him, do you want to die? Now the Sergeant can be heard gasping for air in the police body cam footage. So we have some video before, you know, he gets, you know, on the ground on his back and he, and, and this stuff's going on. And then you have another body cam when the, uh, when the troops arrive to save the Sergeant's butt. But a uh, sergeant can be heard gasping for air in the in the body cam footage. Our bad guy releases the sergeant once his colleagues arrive and point a taser at him because I'm assuming they're not carrying firearms, right? Because it would have been here in the states, the guy would have been dead. A uh, sergeant Caden has been responding, um, had been responding to reports of a man in the uh, Swansgate uh, car park area of Wellingboro with what looked like a bag designed to carry a long barrel firearm. So the bag that Halem had in his car was later found to contain an air rifle. Sergeant Caden's injuries included a hemorrhaged right eye, bruising, reddening, and multiple abrasions. This guy was in a world of hurt. It's amazing he even survived. And then watching how this thing goes down where the cop touches the bag, 
when the uh, he lets the bad guy, he pops up in the trunk, lets him get close, you know, to the bag, to the gun. Cop touches the guy, doesn't want any of that, and that's when the fight starts out. And it's just, man, it's a horrible one to watch. Uh, Brett, you want to start us off? You know, I, this one worries me a little bit, other than the fact that he was being attacked. There's a period of time where the the the, the the action has kind of slowed down. And I guess the bad guy has his hands around the officer's throat. And I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there, but buddy, I'd be kicking, screaming, rolling, <clears throat> anything I could to get the, it, it's almost like the officer was waiting, waiting for something. I, I don't know. It was very strange. Well, you know, that hemorrhaging stuff happens when you are, if I'm not mistaken, when you're being choked and, and about the, right. I mean, you know, yeah. Well, and, and then, and then, then the cop just before it become and Jimmy starts the music when I'm when we're starting to talk. But but just before you know the cop goes out on the radio tells them, hey, I need backup. And right after that, I, maybe he maybe because he took his hand away and it wasn't finding. It went after that he was on the ground right right at the end of that radio transmission. Um, but Joe, hold that thought. Uh, we'll be another commercial break. We're going to be talking about goals, but we'll be right back. All right, hey, it's time to talk about goals at goals.com slash Leo. Look, you guys are have to be familiar with goals by now the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement they have a variety of offerings everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear and as captain brett Bartlett always says they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except guns guns and ammo so uh captain Bartlett, what can you tell us about what's going on at goals this week 20 percent off everything site-wide 20 percent off uh, listen, listen, all you listeners out there, if, if, if they don't have it, you probably don't need it. You just, you just don't even need it. They have everything from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, other than guns and ammo. They got everything you possibly need in the law enforcement security world. Hey, you got to love it. I don't know how they can afford 20% off. I mean, site wide, that's just crazy, Brett. I mean, you know, hope, I know they know what they're doing though. Guys, if you haven't been do it today, goals.com slash Leo. Don't wait. I think Joe's doing it right now. Okay, guys. And welcome back to the Leo Roundtable law enforcement talk show. We're still live through the boss talk radio studios in plant city, Florida, Sergeant Joe, Hollywood, Joe, the guy, the cop, the guy choked down in the UK, the floor is yours. You got to unmute that microphone first, Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the capillaries being uh, ruptured in the eyes, that's uh, one of the telltale signs that you're really being strangled. Uh, that's uh, one of the things, obviously, coroners look for in homicide victims as well. Uh, I think if you look at the video, I believe the bad guy had some kind of a chain or a necklace type thing that he was strangling the cop with. Um, and then my other question is, the dude got what? Two and a half years in prison yeah, for attempted yeah. murder of a wolf. That's what, I guess that's what England thinks of their police over there. I I don't know. I just I don't get that one. Two and a half years for trying to I kill know. a cop. I know. I know. I'm 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 glad we're over here because we got we got guns. And I mean, you know, you would justifiably. I guess if you were worried, I mean, at that point, I think that cop was almost almost oh, dead. Was, I mean, yeah, you would have been completely justified in my mind. You know, shooting him from a distance. Um, before taking the time to run up on him because, you know, you could lose your use, lose your partner by that point. He, he couldn't talk. He was gurgling. I mean, if you can talk, you're not being choked. I mean, you're getting air. I mean, we, we know that from other things that we watched years ago about people supposedly being choked. But uh, this guy, this guy couldn't talk. He was gurgling. And he yeah. was, he was on his, he was on his way out. That's he's lucky his, his buddy showed up and yeah. shot the guy with a taser. Oh my gosh. <laughs> could you imagine? He's so lucked out for, for, for not getting shot. 
Um, for people you know watching our show that aren't used to the, to the platform, so yeah, we're live Monday through Friday through the Boss Hog Radio Network. They've got seven stations here in Florida, and it's during that lunch hour, that uh, 12 to 1 p.m. time slot on Eastern time. But we're on a total of uh, 36 stations across the country. So the ones that don't carry the show live carry it delayed, and you can go to leoroundtable.com and go to the syndication tab to find out which stations we're at and what time slots we're at and how best to watch the show. So this live show will be reproduced tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, and it'll be placed on Rumble and other platforms as well. So if you want to watch the videos being embedded into the show and pictures of the good guys and bad guys that we're talking about, simply go to Rumble the very next day at 9 o'clock in the morning. So our live show is Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock, but the very next day, Tuesday through Saturday at 9, it appears at Rumble, and it's a produced version with all the videos embedded into it. So moving along, let's jump uh, or let's stay on Rumble at This Is Butters, the channel. Denver's spot uh, shotter system, it resulted in a shootout with a juvenile and officers after a uh, brief chase. So shot spotter system. So if you guys should be familiar with that by now, I would think So the shooting took place the same day after officers responded to a shot spotter alert just before 7.30 p.m. that seven gunshots had been fired in the area. So responding Denver police officers, they found shell casings in an alley and they were flagged down by witness to provide a description of the guy who was firing the shots and a woman that this bad guy was with. Now, officers located a juvenile suspect and a woman that matched the description about a minute later. So after the officers approached the suspect with their lights active, the suspect rode a scooter, yeah, a scooter, past the officer's vehicle, and then he cuts between two multifamily homes and he runs uh, towards the alley. So the officers, they parked the car in position to cut off the suspect. And so when he starts to run in the opposite direction, uh, after seeing the officers, uh, they see the officer sees a gun in the suspect's hand and orders him to, to drop it. So the suspect, of course, as Brett knows, they don't comply. Suspect runs south through the alley, and while he's running away, he turns around, fires gunshots. He hits one officer with the gunshot. Surprisingly, the officer immediately returns fire, hits the suspect multiple times. The suspect was then taken to in the custody, transported to the hospital for treatment, and the suspect has since been released and he's being held in a juvenile detention center. Wow. So the officer who was wearing a bulletproof vest was taken to the hospital in good condition. He's been released. It was determined that the bullet that hit the officer struck a magazine that he was carrying on his gun belt and that piece of the bullet or shrapnel from the magazine, it hit him in his lower abdomen and caused significant bruising and pain. So the shot spotter system determined that 10 gunshots were fired during the exchange between the officer and the suspect. And when they examined the officer's um, gun, the investigators determined that eight rounds were fired from the officer's gun. So that leaves, what, two for the suspects. The gun found in the suspect's position was, uh, possession was a Taurus 9mm with a drum-style magazine capable of holding 50 rounds of ammo. Wow. It's the new breed of bad guys we're dealing with. Uh, commentary, guys? Whoever wants to start us off. Not everybody at once, please. Yep. Okay, Captain Brett. I, I thought... The officer's language at the, 
at the end of it was very odd. <laughs> Explain. Well, he's yelling. He's under control. Bad guys are under control. He's still yelling. I will shoot you. I will effing shoot you. Buddy, just stop. Just stop it. Uh, you're being recorded. You're making yourself sound bad. Okay? It just sounded really odd. Uh, the bad guy's down. Another officer's there. He's un bad guy's under control. And he's still yelling, I will effing shoot you, MF, or just I will shoot you. In just very, very strange. He, I think I think it was at the point of panic. Yeah, bad bad optics. Agreed. And uh, and uh, Ward Mythal would be very pleased to hear you say that, Brett. <laughs> Wouldn't he? Yeah. Sergeant I, Joe. I think also they went back and they found that the gun the bad guy used, uh, they found bullet casings where the sh where the witnesses were saying, and, and these bullet casings matched the bad guy. So this was definitely the dude that was doing all the shooting. Uh, but yeah, the, the police officer I, I was watching, I was even getting disturbed how he kept on and on and on and on. Just like his, Brett said, I mean, I'm just reiterating what he's saying. Just cuff the guy and get it over with. But then again, when you get in those situations, the adrenaline is flowing, you're, you're panicking, you've been shot. Uh, so, you know, you never know. But but you do have to be aware because later on, you know, it's going to come up in court. But this guy, oh, see, so he's going to shoot you. He's going to try to kill you. Uh, he, he was he was determined to kill him. Listen at him. But uh, but uh, lucky for the bad guy, he didn't get killed. I, eight shots. He should have should have been worm bait. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Brett might steal that and use it as his own, just so you know, Joe. Hey, uh, hey, hey Brett, it's, it's uh, not copyrighted yet. Producer Jimmy has a question for you, Brett. Yes. What exactly is a shot spotter system? All right, it's a system. It's a, it's an odd. It's a microphone. It's a, a they install in, in in around cities. It can detect the noise of a shot as opposed to any other noise, and it'll give a it'll give a direction on where that's at. They have several throughout this this area, and it gives a, uh, right, a, gives a direction. So what's neat about it? Let's say nobody called about these shots. They, the police can still go out to where it was. They could have still collected those casings, put those into evidence, even though nothing's been reported yet, and eventually track that casing maybe to, to somebody else. So, so it's, it's useful, especially in parts of the Tampa uh, or parts of the city where shots are fired and nobody calls the police. So it's done That's, via live microphones here and there across town. How can they yeah. tell the difference between a shot and, like, a, say, a, a thunderclap? Or Buddy, a I don't know. It's, it's it's just technology. I don't. Well, there's a guy. There's a um, Paul Lazinski, retired Tampa police. He works for Shot Spotter now, and uh, they got that installed in Tampa, and it's been real successful. And and it it creates a witness where there's no other witnesses. In other words, the system now is the witness. All right, thank you very much for the information, man. Something new I didn't know anything about. Good question, producer Jimmy. Yeah. Any anything else, Brett? If not, okay. Well, okay. So look, let me tell you, it is uh especially in, in these uh in these um well populated cities. And look, Tampa's what they always say it's it's America's next great city, but we're not a huge city. But man, I'll tell you, the way these things triangulate, you know, and pinpoint where those shots came, it's impressive. It's impressive. So um guys moving along. Let's see our next one. Uh, we've got an update on police one. So an undercover Georgia officer is drugged during a probe into extreme intoxication reports at a bar. Now, this uh, this brings brings me to my neck of the woods and Brett's neck. I see Brett's already laughing. So Brett might know where I'm going to go with it. I, he may not. But anyhow, let me just go to the story and then we'll we'll throw in our personal mix on this. 
So uh, Jessup, Georgia. So a man is charged after investigators in Georgia say that he was drugging the drinks of bar patrons, including an undercover officer's drink. I suspect the officer might be a female. They didn't say it, but I just have a feeling it's a female officer. The narcotics team started an investigation at the Strand Bistro and Chop House. Got to love that name. They probably have a pole in the middle of the dance floor, Brett. And so it's in Jessup. After patrons began complaining of symptoms, including extreme intoxication, spotty memories, disorientation after having very few drinks at the establishment, according to a news release from the Jessup Police Department. So in one instance, an undercover officer who was part of the investigation was hospitalized after consuming a drink at the bar. Now, the officer was released after several hours at the hospital and was able to return the work. So on June 22nd, officers arrested a guy named John Yokonski. He's 57 years old, and this dude's at the bar, but it turns out he didn't work there. He's a patron at the bar, or that's the story, and that's what the release says. So he said he's charged with reckless conduct, distribution of a Schedule II controlled substance, sexual battery, and criminal attempt to commit rape, which tells you why he was doing what he did. The Chop House said in a statement that was posted on Facebook that this bad guy is in no way affiliated with them, with the restaurant. So that's what leads me to believe, and that's why he said that he is a, uh, a patron there. Now, look, it's going to get, the story's going to get very, very interesting. You guys don't want to miss this stuff. So, look, we're going to do another commercial break, but we will definitely be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point in time to assure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can also get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn. Okay, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about a story uh, where we got this uh, chop shop uh, restaurant slash bar where uh, some dude is uh, putting drugs in in other people's uh, drinks and stuff, but uh, he gets arrested for, what was it, uh, was it rape or attempted rape and uh, all kinds of stuff, sexual sexual battery and attempted rape. So uh, let me finish up with this and then we'll get the commentary. So they're asking that anyone with information who believes that they may have been a victim is asked to contact the Jessup Wayne Tactical Narcotics Team or the Wayne County Sheriff's Office. So, wow. And uh, Jessup is about 230 miles uh, southwest of Atlanta. Now, just for anyone that's thinking, you know, I know I had my nephew on the show uh, uh, last week. So I he was actually with me in Tampa when all the stuff went down, just in case anyone's thinking that, you know, my nephew, Josh Mayock, anything to do with this, he was with me. So yeah, I just... It's bio, but, uh, but go ahead, uh, commentary. And I've got some stuff I'm going to add too. but Brett, I know you were laughing un- almost uncontrollably when this thing, when I read this thing. So I want to hear your thoughts. What's running uh, through that brain first. Yeah. First, there's a big gap in this, in this article. What, what the crap is the rape part about? You know, it doesn't say that how, how when, where it doesn't say anything about that. It just says that they were, people were passing out. There's a big gap now going back several decades ago. 
that would explain why a certain throwdown date of ours, Chip, Ooh. kind of sort of almost passed out. And we had to. Um, oh, that was Goatschlager. That was Goatschlager. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody slipped something in there when we were around. I don't know. Here's my point. I'm sure glad to know that it's not just us. You know, I kind of, Brett and I were worried because after we carried her up to the apartment, pretty much, I don't know how much, how much clothing, but either naked or half naked, we felt bad about leaving her because, <laughs> because we wanted to make sure she was going to wake up in the morning, you know? But uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty bad situation. So that, it all that's all, out. that's all of Brett's dates. He's always wondering if they're going to wake up the next morning and when they do, they're going to be really surprised to see what they Ouch. do. With. Wow. <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. What's first of all, you're getting a report that uh, people are being drugged. Obviously they knew it was more than what the article was saying. And, but you know, we've all been in undercover positions where we go into bars and we drink, but if you know, people are getting drugged through drinks, why the heck are you in there drinking? Why didn't you just, Maybe take some samples with you or see what's going on. But uh, this guy, uh, the cop, uh, cop's lucky he didn't get raped, I guess. <laughs> no, she, let me tell you, I'll tell you what, I, look, I, <laughs> I know what happened. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. have, I'm not, I'm not privy to inside information, but I know I've been doing this job long enough. I know what happened. So, so there's three stories that I have that are, that are, that are similar in nature. So the, uh, the first one, let's just start off with the blue martini. So when I was in the organized crime unit working with Brett, and I don't know if this was, I don't think, this, I don't think I got this complaint before I left. Cause Brett, when I left, Brett stayed, I got, I got really got booted out of the unit, but the, I got a complaint at the blue martini and there was a report that a bartender was working with a patron and that he was drugging the drinks of girls who were then, um, being either being raped or attempting to be, or, or there was an attempted rape when they're, when they're leaving the martini bar. Now I got, I got, you know, I got extracted out of the unit before I was able to, um, to finish up that investigation or do anything about it really. But that's, that's what they typically, you know, do. So that was at the blue martini, which doesn't exist anymore down, you know, down in, um, at the international plaza. But, uh, so I have no doubt that that was probably going on, but a lot of times these guys will work with the bartender and it's like a little, you know, pack deal that they got and stuff. So I know that in this particular case, it was a patron, uh, but he could have, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be unusual for him to be working with a bartender, but yeah, the person working undercover, I suspect was a female probably had her drink spike, but she didn't see it and no one else was watching her drink apparently. And that's why, you know, when I used to work all those gay clubs, you know, I only did the bottle drinks. I didn't want an open drink because of that, because the fear of that happening, at least with a bottle, it's very difficult to do. Someone's making a mixed drink. They could put anything in there. Um, so the other thing was, is that I had a uh, CI uh, working for me and uh, I had her, she was winning the Malios and she had a guy um, that she was targeting. So she was um, a CI and I wasn't monitoring her, but she was doing, she was went on a date with a dude and she was, was escort services involved, all this stuff. Now this dude was friends with, uh, well, he, I don't know how closely friends, but they ran into George Steinbrenner who knew him while they were out at Malios and they did the whole high five thing. And, um, she calls me up frantically from a hotel. So she has, he, this, uh, this dude that she went out with, it, it's not, has nothing to do with Steinbrenner. He they just somewhat knew each other. Could have been just like passer, you know, uh, just affiliates or whatever. But, uh, but this guy drugged her 
and she wakes up in the back of her car. He's on top of her trying to rape her. So she's trying to fight him off. And next thing uh, she knows, she wakes up and she's like in the hotel room with him and she's like going in and out. But that, you know, so I don't know what he drugged her with, but she calls me. I call the cop, you know, I, I get the uniforms there and I'm active, but I'm, you know, I'm working with, you know, Brett doing plain clothes stuff. So I get the uniforms to go. The guy won't open up his room or anything. So I have to write an attempt rape report and we have the suspect's information stuff. So that went down, but I felt bad. You know, she's working for me doing this undercover stuff and, uh, and this stuff goes, she ends up getting drugged by that. And then the other one was this whole Steven Lorenzo case. You remember that I had where he was uh, going in the, into, uh, in the bars, a lot of these were gay clubs, but it could have been any club. And he's put, he's spiking the drinks with GHB walking out arm in arm with the guys. Next thing they do, they're waking up in his home in Hyde park in Tampa and they're strapped to the bed. He's got a gag in their mouth and he's, you know, raping them, torturing them, electrocuting their genitals. I mean, all kinds of crap. And I know this happened because there's videotapes of it that I've seen of this stuff going down. Plus I've interviewed all the victims and stuff. And of course he's, you know, he's in jail for the rest of his life and, and Scott Schweikert. So that stuff, it does happen, but reading the story, it brings back all these memories of all this stuff, you know, going down. So I, I, I they were they were um, getting lucky with the chicks by doing this, Joe. Well, th this is more common than you probably hear, um, you know, going in these bars and people drugging, you know, and putting drugs in the drink. Uh, I remember when Brett worked in the. You just muted your mic, Joe. Keep your keep yeah. your hand still, Joe. Yeah. I remember when Brett worked. Uh, Worked in my unit, and uh, I sent him into the, I think it was the Gold Nugget or the Ponytail, and he didn't come out for hours and hours and hours, and we had to go in and get him, and dude, he he was laying there nude like the guy for eight hours, and uh, <laughs> I I still, and then next thing I know, he's got an illegitimate child somewhere, I, but Brett Brett would go in, and he would, he would, he would drink the drinks, I'm telling you, he didn't cut any slack. But he never drank the Kool-Aid, though, did he? No, he did not. No, he did not. That, that, that drinking the Kool-Aid came much later in my career, Chip. <laughs> hey, you remember? Uh, we had a remember, lot of fun. Uh, you remember Brett when we uh, were doing an operation? We uh, we had the uh, the black state beverage uh, agent who retired as Lieutenant Keith Hamilton working for us, and we sent him in undercover. And our best intelligence uh, was that it was a black bar on East Hillsborough Avenue, and we honestly had no idea that it turned into a white country bar. And uh, yeah, that. He yeah. almost disappeared permanently when he went in there. It, it went country about six minutes before he went through the door. <laughs> so the next <laughs> day he, gets, he goes, really? That's really? Is this a joke? What? Really? Yeah. For <laughs> some reason, we had, a hard, we had a hard time getting him to work undercover for us again. I don't know yeah, why. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. Oh, well. Intelligence. Who needs it? You know? So, uh, look, we've got a, about a, a minute left here. So let's see. Oh, wow. We got a minute left before the end of the show. How did this, how does the time go by like this? Jimmy, you need to do a better, a better job of, uh, of, of like controlling the clock for us. So look, let's just see what we've got. Um, on, well, this story, you know, ended at the bar. So we're, we're done with this one, but let's see if I got a, uh, another quick one that I can get to here. I do have an update. Um, police one, Michigan officers kicked down a door. They stop a mother from attempting to drown her two year old. Look, this is a, this guy's a hero. Uh, I'm going to do it through it real quick. So, uh, we were Michigan children heard screaming. They're begging for help. And a 15 year old girl calls nine one one and, uh, officers with the Albion department of public safety. They respond about 10 30. Look, this cop basically kicks in the door and he finds a woman holding the toddler underwater in the bathtub. He pulls the two year old girl away from the 35 year old woman. He starts CPR. The girl coughs up water, begins breathing on her own. The woman's in jail for all kinds of stuff. What a story. 22 seconds. Guys, commentary. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is, uh, this is a typical, this lady has four kids. 
the teenager daughter's the one that called. She's just, uh, you can tell she's probably fed up with uh, having to deal with these kids. And I think she wanted to commit suicide. She was going to kill the kids. And I think she was going to commit suicide. Great commentary. Uh, yeah, just wow. Guys, uh, I, we're out of time. There's so much more. You know, I, I love to say, I love that. I really just want to hear uh, Sergeant Joe tell more stories about Captain Brett, you know, um, but uh, but we're out of time. So, but at this stage in the show, I usually like to talk about the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's Lieutenant Randy Sutton's uh, 501c3 charity. They really help cops out that are in a world of hurt, suffering from PTSD or medical issues that aren't covered by the department, or maybe they're not even offered a medical retirement disability uh, from their agency. So the Wounded Blue at the woundedblue.org. Uh, please check them out. They're worthy of your support. And you know what? They're not going to embarrass you either. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Another huge shout out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, RedVoiceMedia.com. If you guys have not checked out that news source, please do. And they're called Red for a reason. They are conservative. So Red Voice Media, thanks for the support, Ray Dietrich. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week, guys. Thanks. Thanks.